with your host, Spike Cohen. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to My Fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. I am still trying to figure out how to use this new equipment I have. I would like to, before I get started, I, as always, I want to thank uh, Matt and Muhammad at Muddy Waters Media for giving me this opportunity to, uh, to have this show and share it with you guys. I would like to thank uh, Kroger for my Kroger-flavored water that I drink on this and every episode of My Fellow Americans delicious um i would like to uh the intro and outro music that i use on this and so far anyway every episode of my fellow americans is from my friend joe davi uh please look for him uh that's j-o-d-a-v-i please look for him on facebook soundcloud he's on the Bandcamp. if you're into the Bandcamp, you can go on the Bandcamp, download everything he has and pay for it don't just don't rip off his stuff pay for everything um, shout out to Tehran Turks's mom and him. Um, I, uh, oh, this episode is also brought to you by Walgreens brand ice packs, which I will be using this entire episode. I blew my back out over the weekend, uh, carrying thousands of pounds of stuff. I'm very strong and, uh, I blew my back out. And, um, so, uh, I have to, uh, 30 minutes on 30 minutes off with the ice pack. So, uh, if someone can, uh, occasionally just comment, if I've gone past 30 minutes without removing my ice pack, I would really appreciate that. Uh, that, that'd be a big, uh, help for me. Uh, and also if I start just, if I randomly wince at some point or ah, like that, that's not because of my guest. My guest is amazing. Has absolutely nothing to do with him. Uh, it is because of my back. Um, which again, I'm very, very strong. I'm a strong, strong man, but, uh, you know, even very incredibly strong people like myself have limitations and, uh, I reached it over the weekend. Uh, I do have new equipment. I'm super excited. I actually look like I'm, I'm like, I'm someone who should be doing this finally. Um, I've got new, uh, I've got a new, uh, uh, whatever this is thing on my ears headset. Um, I've got this really awesome, the webcam. Um, I've also got, uh, a, uh, a microphone, a blue Yeti microphone fancy fancy and uh, i have a pop filter i have no idea if that's on right uh but i hope that it is filtering my plosives my plosives if my my plosives are hopefully being filtered and i have a mic arm big fancy fancy stuff this is fancy jew time that we're doing now um on this show and so i'm really excited about it i can't wait uh this has been i guess i've really wanted to have for a while uh, my guest tonight actually is a, a blockchain and cryptocurrency expert. Uh, he's been involved 
in this space, in the blockchain crypto world, pretty much from the beginning um, since uh, since uh, 2010. Um, and he has a new book out uh, that is called Blockchain Project Renaissance. Um, and it is very, very good book. I just finished reading it and uh, super exciting. We're going to talk about the all of that. And so without any further ado, uh, very excited to have this uh, man on tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming R.L. Breyer. Spike, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for joining me. I'm really, I've been really excited to have this. I've been watching your videos for as long as we've been Facebook friends, at least for, I guess, what, a couple, two, three weeks now, or a month or so now. I've been watching all your episodes. It's very, very enlightening stuff about, about blockchain. Yeah, I've been a pretty big advocate for uh, blockchain uh, tech since I found Bitcoin. So uh, I decided it was time to start making my own daily vlogs as to uh, to help educate the people that are just getting in and just keep everybody, you know, up to date on what's going on in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so even before reading your book, I, I was a big believer in, in blockchain. I, I pretty much since I first uh, I think the first time I heard of of Bitcoin was like 2013, 2014. And then I read more about blockchain and I'm like, this is the future. Like it's, you know, it's, it's both, it's decentralized, but it's on something that, that everyone, you know, it's on ledgers that everyone can see. And I'll let you explain it far better than, than I obviously can. But, um, you know, it, it was very, um, I, I could see how this was going to, you know, how the proof of work and, and proof of scope and all, proof of stake and all of that stuff, how that was going to change everything. Um, and then after, after reading your book, that just, I mean, that, that just sort of, uh, um, you know, that kind of cemented it for me, but, you know, I really think it's going to reshape civilization for the good. Uh, and, um, uh, your book is, uh, I, I'm going to plug it as much as possible. Blockchain project Renaissance, very, very, very informative book. Uh, it even has a breakdown of the different terms that are used, which is very helpful because I, when I was learning about blockchain, everyone is already very heavy in using terminology and, uh, and so I would, you know, I'd have to Google each term and figure it out. So yours even breaks all that down. It's really a great read for people at any level of familiarity uh, who want to learn more about, you know, blockchain and, and crypto. The plugs are welcome. I really appreciate <laughs> it. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, so, yeah. So and my screen just decided it didn't want to show me. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, so uh, anyway, before we go into any details, would you mind just kind of giving the folks out there and, and me uh, a, a brief explanation of, of what blockchain is uh, for the listeners that are out there that have absolutely no clue what we're talking about? Yeah, the blockchain itself, it's that, you know, everybody tries to make it pretty uh, like a comp more complicated thing than it really needs to be. Right. It's just a decentralized ledger, really. That anytime I would send anything or anybody would send a uh, Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency that runs on a blockchain, um, it's it's actually recorded on the ledger, and uh, that's that's really what the blockchain is. So I try to uh, explain it like um, as like a web. If you if you were to look, it's actually uh, illustrated like that on the cover of my book, um, uh, like a spider web or something. And then from that is like the uh, transactions, which uh, kind of create the web of uh, of the ledger. So. Right. It's just a way. It's just a way to uh, send money, uh, or you know, send send Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever. Like I said, cryptocurrency, whichever application you're using, uh, through uh, a decentralized platform. Right, and and it's not just for you know. We it, probably the most famous part of, of of blockchain is cryptocurrency, but 
it's more than just that. It's it's that same application, but for for apps and for pretty much anything, right? Like, I mean, you can anything that needs a trust, uh, you know, a trust based system is good for blockchain. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot more done in the future on on blockchain uh, with with different blockchains. Uh, they all have a different utility, at least the ones that provide some utility. Uh, but right now, uh, most of them are trying to um, begin with money because, you know, everybody loves money. So it's right. It's right. Of course. Of, yeah. It was just the natural and, and, and it fits the desire of uh, what what people, you know, we need real money. We need it. We needed sound money. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. so this is like uh, it was just the first application. It just made sense to, to start with this. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, with any new thing, the first thing anyone thinks is, how am I going to make money from it? You know, like how, how will I be paid, you know, doing this type of thing? So that, that does make sense. By the way, uh, if you're, if you're watching out there and you have any questions for, uh, for, for my guest for RL, uh, feel free to comment. Uh, also, if you have any opinions, uh, about it, uh, feel free to comment those and we will look at those and tell you if you are right or wrong. Um, that is a big part of the show is correcting people. I try to correct strangers whenever possible. Um, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so what, what got you into, to block, you know, what was it that sort of got you interested in and involved in blockchain in the first place? I actually remember the first conversation I had about Bitcoin and blockchain. I was in, I was still in uh, college at Ohio state and I was talking to a, a friend of mine. He was at the time, I think he was sleeping on my futon or something. And, uh, I came home that day from class and we had we have a debate about who said it first, but he says I said it first, and I thought he had told me first about it, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, he we had this conversation about Bitcoin at that point and uh, whether or not you know this was a feasible thing to right, actually right. work. And uh, that was about two thousand nine ish or ten. It was like really in the infancy of of it. Okay. And I we we both kind of just gave it a little bit of a, um you know whatever it could work it might you know this is. It's, at that point, it was a couple pennies or something, I think. So, right, right, right. And then, um, and then a few years passed, and I got really into the liberty movement. I uh, and I, I started to read. He, of course, Ron Paul, the great educator that he is, led the Austrian School of Economics, and I started reading uh, Murray Roth, Dawning Today. But uh, that led me into just really. I mean, economics is everything around us, so that really got me interested in money. Right. And uh, from there, I, I sort of went back to Bitcoin and I, you know, what, how are we going to solve this problem? Because at that point, it was sort of a um, this problem of money. You know, at that point, it was sort of it was sort of a depressing time in the uh, libertarian uh, community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a lot of um, promise, I guess you could say. At, at all. At all. Our, our, our greatest hope was Gary yeah. Johnson. So that was that was the, that was the, the, the peak. That was, that was a low point. And meanwhile, I'm Facebook friends with Gary Johnson, so I probably shouldn't blast him in case he ends up on here. But uh, uh, in fact, he should. Con- Gary, if you're listening, please comment and tell us why what I said was wrong. And we can we can discuss that. But yeah, no, I, absolutely. That was definitely a, a fun time. Um, I like in your in your book, it talks about how uh, entrepreneurs and, and capitalists are the real benefactors of society and that, you know, they're, they're the ones that are bearing the risk and cost of their, of their own, uh, you know, on their own to, to make positive innovations and that, that improve our lives and that it's that profit motive that, that drives people to make those kinds of innovations. And you, you talk about how, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, if I'm pronou- pronouncing that right, uh, who is the, for those who don't know, he is the, uh, anonymous person who, who created the, the concept for, for, uh, Bitcoin, 
um, that he's one of the you know world's greatest benefactors for introducing Bitcoin and and you know basically for introducing cryptocurrency. Um, my question for you, uh, you know, how how would you say that blockchain and and more specifically cryptocurrency is going to you know lead to a society that's in your book you say it leads to a society that is based on serving humanity. Yeah, well, the way I see it after uh, studying economics, like I, it's pretty much consumed my life the last probably seven years. Right, uh, is that you know. We can't really have, you know, the nexus of uh, capitalism is is voluntary exchange. Right. And you can't have voluntary exchange if you don't have money that isn't um, uh, be, being distributed by some sort of intermediary, intermediary uh, world bank or uh, nation state bank or whatever you want to say, you know, right. uh, national currency. So um, and then you, you you have to look at that as a way uh, the Bitcoin blockchain especially as a way because of the first mover advantage of a way to um get production back to you know maybe i think this is like going to be the, the next uh big you won't you want to call it industrial revolution but some sort of revolution to create more production again like uh, right bring production back to maybe uh levels which help humanity and serve humanity is what i was trying to get across in the book right 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 and i i like how you explained um Cryptocurrency really, you know, obviously the technology behind blockchain is new, but the concept behind cryptocurrency is really just a return to the the standard for money since we've been using anything as a medium for exchange. And and the real money standard obviously has started with gold. And 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 that was based on, you know, the value was determined by essentially by global markets. It was it was based on the subjective value that had been determined uh, you know, based on what people thought it was worth, um, rather than by, you know, individual, you know, nation states that are saying, uh, you know, oh, well, uh, one of our dollars is worth exactly this much, and sort of kind of imposing that on 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 the people that are, are being forced through taxation to use their, their currency. This is really a return to this sort of not globalism, but globalization of of the concept of what money's worth that you know bitcoin one of the things that people don't like about bitcoin is how volatile the 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 um the value is right now which is because it's still a new thing and there's you know money coming into and out of it a lot but but it's that freedom that it has that's really a return to the 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 original standard for money which is that it's the consumer and the provider that decide what money's worth not not some you know top down governmental you know central planning that decides that Precisely. If you look at if you look at uh, uh, any any nation throughout history, the uh, shelf life of a national currency is less than fifty years, typically. So right. that's like the average. So uh, it's it's pretty obvious that uh, nations cannot be trusted to coin, or it's it's not really a good term because there's no backing to the money we use right, today. Right, right, right. They're not. Uh, it's it all promissory notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, them had the, the ability of a central central banker and central planners to debase over time um, is pretty much uh, it's, it's the rule basically it's going to happen over time they will debase the currency and um, I think since you know the early 1900s we've seen like 98 percent of the value of the dollar right, just right. completely vanish right it, but people don't realize that because it happens so it's incremental so right. over time that happens but um, it, it really, it really destroys the society at the end. Well, it does. And the thing is it, it, you know, it's like, you know, we say, you know, nothing certain except death and taxes at this point, it's death taxes and, and inflation. And 
you know, so many people don't even realize, you know, if you ask the average person what is causing inflation and they'll say things like, oh, you know, greed, corporate greed or, oh, I don't know. That's just the way it is, you know, or I had one person who said, well, as there's um, as more people are making money, it just naturally makes the cost of things go up. And it was like, no, it's not that they're making money. It's not that's not the problem. The problem is that there is more money They're They're printing ever, ever larger amounts of money. Um, and not for any societal benefit solely so that they can have more money to print to spend on you know government re- you know wars and 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 uh, entitlements and you know infrastructure and whatever else they're they're not you know it's not a sound money policy it's just you know okay we're gonna we need a, oh we need a billion more of our dollars okay we're gonna or you know we need 10 billion more of our dollars okay we'll print out 10 billion more and use those um, and that's not sound and it's what causes inflation because as there's more you know money out in the in the if you've created more supply of something without increasing its value you've reduced the the overall value of each of those individual units and that's what inflation is yeah it's just it should be so elementary to everyone but right. you know uh, the education system hasn't hasn't done us too much justice justice either in the last hundred years. Like you said, uh, just adding more more zeros in in a computer or more more pieces of fiat into uh, the supply doesn't doesn't create value in right. itself. You know, it has to be some sort of uh, some sort of network or some sort of uh, actual tangible item uh, backing that. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. Just not just not uh, you know fiat literally means by decree. So it's just money by decree. So that's just Latin, uh, a little Latin there. Right. And and people really don't even know what that means. You know, I mean, let alone most people don't really understand fiat. They really don't understand uh, what money is. No, they don't. They <laughs> most don't. elementary, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, like, you know, and this is sort of a, a this is probably the softest softball question that I'm going to ask you today. You know, what is it? What does a world look like where states aren't? You know, let's say you know, crypto becomes the standard. And, you know, what does that world look like where states aren't going to be able to, to you know, manipulate wealth and, and, and you know, manipulate the, you know, what's that going to look like for treasuries and for militaries and things? How is that going to look? Well, that's cool. I, that, I think that was sort of the goal in the beginning. Uh, most of the people that got in in the early days were libertarians and uh, anarcho-capitalists. So right. I think that was... It, 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 we aren't we aren't the majority we used to be in this space, but it's actually probably for the better. You know, we uh, it's, it might be a sign that we're winning. Right. Uh, I think it'll be a good thing. I, I'm I'm an anti-war guy, mm. pro-free market. I think that uh, I think that um, uh, a, a world without um, uh, government being able to spend almost it, you know as it, as much as they want on war would be a great place to live. Right. Be. So exactly. hopefully, hopefully we achieve that. Yeah, that's um, that's that's my hope as well. That's what I liked about it. I like the idea of investing that and in something that most people weren't involved in, and and as it got you know more adopted, it would it would gain in value. But the the bigger overarching thing was if this really catches on, there's not in my mind, and we'll talk about that more. But it's really hard to put that genie back, and you know, once you've opened Pandora's box, it's really hard to you you can't really close that again. And why would someone want a, a U.S. dollar or a euro? or a remnibi or whatever the, the Chinese currency is called. Why would you want that when you know that it's just paper that's backed up by a government that's decreasingly relevant uh, when you can have something that actually has, you know, uh, actually has a value based on people on a, you know, perceived actual value, not 
you know, a, a handful of politicians writing on a sheet of paper that it's worth this. So, um, be, and, and in fact, uh, I wanted to talk about specifically that with, with um, you know, a medium for exchange versus a store of value. Uh, before reading your book, uh, I had always believed that crypto was only a medium for exchange, but uh, in your book, you, you present a, a pretty strong case that it's also a store of value, um, that, that the actual cryptocurrency is a store of value in, in addition to a medium exchange. If you can just talk to me real quick about the differences between you know, a medium ex- of, for exchange and a store of value and, and why you believe that crypto is both of those things. Well, it's, it, it's, hard, it's hard for uh, people to understand that it could be both. And because it's such an emerging thing now, right, right. I, th- I do think I do think uh, Bitcoin and some of the other ones will emerge as uh, very good store, uh, you know, stores of value uh, throughout time. They already are. I think uh, many consider them to be a good store of value. Now right. there is a lot of volatility in cryptocurrency t- today, but even the volatility has decreased uh, over time. So I think we'll see. Uh, uh, less volatility over time, and uh, people will start to view it more as a store of value, uh, Bitcoin specifically. So I think the, there will be uh, better uh, cryptocurrencies possibly to use in me- as a medium of exchange. Um, I don't know if that'll be Litecoin. I, I'm a pretty big proponent of Litecoin. That's one of my favorite cryptocurrencies personally. Right, right. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, store of value, I think that it, it's probably I think Bitcoin might be the best store of value other than gold uh, uh, right now. So um, I think I think it will emerge uh, as a better store of value in the future. But the people who were in the community um, who have been here for a while are starting to really see that it is the store of value that we thought it could be. And is that just because as it becomes more widely adopted and more people are in the space and it gains it gains uh, you know value because of that, that as sort of a side effect of that is that it's a good store of value? Is that sort of like what you mean by that? Yeah, that's my argument. I okay. think exactly that over, you know, over time, the network gains more and more people and more and more people will be using it as as a medium of exchange. Mm. So it's all kind of it all kind of works symbiotically. Right, right, right. And, and it's like nothing like we've ever seen before. So it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to unravel over time. Now we could be sitting here in 10 years and maybe Bitcoin won't even exist, but right. I, just, I, now I don't, I don't foresee that, <laughs> you know, I don't foresee that. But, I, just, I know, just, I just winced by the way, and that had nothing to do with my back, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't foresee that happening. Um, it's, it's Bitcoin's been running uh, for nine years now, over right, nine right, years right. and it's never stopped one time. And it's only become more and more valuable. Uh, I think, I don't know what the exact number is, but if you look back, I mean, in the earliest days, the Bitcoin was a penny or whatever, you know, a fraction of a oh, penny. Oh, yeah, it was a and fraction now, of a penny, yeah. I don't yeah. know what the price is today. It was like $8,300 or something, I think, right. earlier today. Uh, so it's gaining over a percent a day, uh, pretty much, uh, over that time frame. So if, uh, if you, if if you averaged it out over that whole time, it would be like a percent a day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Which is so nice. I think, that's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a pretty good store of value in, in comparison to uh, fiat, which is, um, like I, like we said, since uh, the early 1900s, lost about 98% of its value. Yeah, yeah. So holding holding your money in dollars isn't isn't the safe bet that people think it is. It isn't. I mean, you know, I, I've done a long time ago. I, I, I did some Forex. And, you know, you're, you're basically, ultimately, Forex, you're, you're deciding – which currencies are going to be devalued the slowest 
at a given time, right? Like it's, it's, you know, it's sort of like this trying to catch a a bunch of falling knives and trying to catch the falling knife by the, the one that you're not going to catch it by the blade. You're going to catch it by the, by the handle. And, um, that's not fun because, uh, uh, anyone who's ever caught a falling knife, at least half the time that goes poorly. So, you know, none of them, there, there aren't any currencies I know of that are expected to gain in value they will continuously lose value. They may gain in value relative to another currency because that one is is, you know, uh diminishing even even more even faster than than, you know, this one, but that's not really gaining value. That's just losing less value. So, that's so you you actually presented it like I said, it's a very strong case. I do tend to now lean more towards saying that as as it becomes more adopted, it's definitely going to be uh, a store of value. Um I had talked about in your in your book you have a lot of terms. One of the terms that you, anyone who's read about blockchain or crypto, one of the terms you may have come across is uh, to the moon, uh, which is, <laughs> you know, that that, uh, you know, cryptocurrency. It's the idea that, you know, cryptocurrency is eventually going to be worth, you know, uh, you know, a Bitcoin is going to be worth a million dollars. And I guess basically the, the concept of to the moon is that it'll be that'll be the point when, you know, cryptocurrency dwarfs all other currencies and it becomes the standard for everything and all of the people that invested in it when it was worth less than, you know, $50,000 per bitcoin will be, you know, rich and and all of that. I I actually and I I bought some of the hype last year. I I still am a huge believer in it based on my research and then the 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 parabolic growth that happened uh over the the I guess the starting in the summer and then and going through towards the end of the year of last year. I really thought to the moon was happening. And I'm like, it's happening. You know, the, the Ron Paul, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's happening. That was me. If you put me on my face on the that's Ron the Paul best, thing. That's the best gift ever. Yeah, no. And that, and it was me. I, I was, I was that person. And, you know, when it went over 9,000, I had, you know, Vegeta crushing his thing and saying it's over 9,000. Like I was, I was in, and I, I still, I still believe that, but I guess obviously, uh, to the moon didn't happen. Uh, then we got up to, I think just over 20,000 per Bitcoin. And then, then it went down to, I think back down to like 5,000. Like you said, now we're, we're at like eight, just over 8,000 now. Um, was that missed expectation? Was that a false start? Um, were people experiencing too much too soon? Or is this just sort of a natural cycle that happens in, in crypto? Exactly. I think it's sort of a cyclical thing. We've seen this sort of thing over time in the market. Uh, we've probably had, 10 of these now uh where but they 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 weren't gaining as much of attention earlier on right. you know it would be like thir- it would go to 30 dollars and then it would go back <laughs> right. down or whatever you know but right, now right, right. when you're talking about twenty thousand dollars everybody cnbc starts covering it you know exactly it, exactly get more hype but i do think i do think there will be a trip to the moon um i don't know what that number will be i right. think i honestly do think that we could if you if you crunch the numbers and you do the math and you start looking at a percent over a percent a day uh, for nine years, at some point it is going to reach a million dollars. So I think, and there's only 21, so there's a finite supply. That's there's another only 21 million. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 21 million Bitcoin will be mined. And right now there's about 17 million something. I'm not sure the exact number. Right. So um, I, I do think the finite supply and the properties that it have uh, will, will lend uh, a good chance uh, there will be a good chance that it will. Uh, I don't like to exactly say what number, but I do think, I know a lot of people have heard John McAfee's uh, I, yeah, exactly. $1 million dollar prediction. Yeah. And everybody kind of likes to talk about that. So I think, I don't think he's wrong on this. I think we will see a million dollar Bitcoin someday. 
I, I agree, and I, I hope for his sake, if for nothing else, that he's right. For those who don't know that the John McAfee uh, prediction, it's that was it half a million or a million? It was a million. Okay, so he uh, said. It, go ahead. Yeah, he said. I think he. I think John said by twenty twenty though. So yeah, uh, he has some yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said so. Basically, he said uh, if by twenty twenty, uh, Bitcoin uh, isn't um, isn't worth a million dollars per Bitcoin. He would, um, and he used much more colorful terms than I'll use on this family-friendly program, but he basically said he would eat his own genitals. And um, so, obviously, for many reasons, I want him to be right. Uh, <laughs> for my own personal uh, portfolio, I'd like him to be right. For what that would mean for society, I want that to be right. And for, for John and his and his situation down there, I, I also hope that, that he's right, because that would be... That would be just, you know, uh, 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 insult and injury at the same time. So, um, so, so I hope, I hope we're all right here. Um, so he's a master marketer. He's he is, he is, if nothing else, he is that I, I would, yeah. I, I'm not a, a believer in, I don't know where you are on this. I'm not a, a believer that we have a, that there's an electoral path, you know, a political path to, uh, you know, achieving a, a stateless society. I would vote for him just because. Um, just because, because why not? Uh, I, I would definitely, if he, if, if he, uh, if he made, became, uh, any party's nominee, if he put, if he ended up on my ba- ballot, uh, I would vote for him and I'd, I'd stop drawing my, uh, my dead dog Zeus on the pallet ballot and crayon. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, each cryptocurrency is a, uh, as you just said, a fixed supply with Bitcoin, uh, you know, it's like 21 million uh, or 20 point something 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 20 mil, 20 point something something million and and each each cryptocurrency you know from the beginning says we're only going to make this many every time there's an ico or a, or a you know a, a new coin being created they say right off the bat this is the the number uh you know that that there are ever going to be that is obviously deflationary uh in nature because when you only have a fixed amount of something if it catches on, it's just going to increase in value because the value will increase and the supply will, the demand will increase. The supply will stay the same. The value will, you know, go through the roof. So that makes sense. Um, but one thing I noticed, and this was with, especially before Facebook kind of clamped down on the ICOs, there was, there was a new coin being introduced every 10 seconds. And so that really something that, that spoke to me. Yes, there's only a fixed number of, of, of coins, you know, per cryptocurrency, but there's also an endless number of cryptocurrencies that can be created. You can literally, you know, and, and in fact, you know, Bitcoin Cash is is basically a, a clone of Bitcoin that they then increased. You know, they they changed some things on it to they say make it more competitive. You know, what do you believe will prevent, you know, prevent the fact that endless cryptos can be created from becoming the new form of of you know quantitative easing where where there's just endless you know endless currency being made. Well, there are a few cryptos that don't don't have a fixed supply. Like Ethereum oh. isn't fixed yet. Okay. Uh, I don't think EOS and EOS and Steam have a fixed supply. Those are a couple of other ones I'm interested in. Oh. But the but Bitcoin and Litecoin they do have a fixed supply. Right. Uh, Litecoin's 84 million. You like we touched on right. Bitcoin's uh, tw- tw- about 21 million. But uh, the the difference is the reason that those those coins won't or those cryptocurrencies won't um, won't uh, really hurt or uh, devalue or debase the others, in my opinion, is the, the network is really where, where you're getting a lot of the uh, backing okay. in these projects. So just because, uh, you know, Joe Smo creates a, uh, uh, an ICO, that's another thing. The uh, Bitcoin and all, all of these blockchains are pretty much open source. Uh, so right. 
a lot of people like you or I could create our own coin tonight. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and like right. you said, yeah. And um, that that in itself doesn't have any value. It's the network, the hash rate, and all of that, which uh, you know the individuals are using to mine the cryptocurrencies. It's the actual network that is creating the value. Uh, is the argument so uh, just just coming up with a cryptocurrency isn't and, and nobody using it isn't going to create isn't going to really hurt the crypto community in my opinion other than um, uh, what we saw in that time was that money could have been going into good projects uh, that and, and they went into scams like Bitcoin. right right, right, right. Really, I touch on that. yeah yeah, I touch on that in the book a little bit about how, you know, you got to do your due diligence right. and not not get into uh, projects that are just, you know, look look at who the team is and try to try to do as much research on the actual uh, currency before you uh, get into it. Yeah, and that was good. I was uh, that was another thing you touched on where you said, you know, specific things to look for. What does their white paper look like? What kind of names are behind it? Are these are these, you know you know, uh, uh, you know, MIT engineering people, or is it a guy who all you have to do is Google his name and, and he's got, you know, 15 different scams he's run over the years, yeah. you know, is this a legit thing? And I guess the real difference and, 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 and hearing you answer kind of helped, help me flesh this out a little bit. A, a, a currency is used, uh, you know, a, a fiat currency is used at the end of the day, when you boil it down to why it's being used is because someone will come to your house and cage you if you don't. Right. Like if you if if, you know, the, the reason that that we even have taxation is to legitimize is to basically make it. So the only way you can pay the IRS is in dollars. Um, they can take all your stuff. But if you actually want to, quote unquote, voluntarily pay them, it's in U.S. dollars. And so the whole point of taxation is to have people using this currency because that gives it the quote unquote legitimacy for them to then print out endless reams of it and use it to spend on, you know, war and and you know welfare and whatever else they want to spend it on and uh you know protecting poppy fields in afghanistan and all of that and so it's essentially it's what little value it has which is ever diminishing is only the only reason anyone's even using it is because they have to whereas with in the crypto sphere no one's making you use this so if someone said if i go hey i'm spike cohen and i just i just copied bitcoin and i call it spike coin come and use my spike coin and everyone's like, well, what's your background and what's your white paper? And I'm like, spike coin. And, <laughs> and no one, you know, no yeah. one, no one decides to use it. And no one decides to mine it. And no one decides to, like you said, you know, develop apps on it or develop, you know, to, de- you know, develop things or, or to, you know, mm-hmm. like right now with Bitcoin, they're doing the lightning network and all this stuff. No one's going to bother creating a light, a, a lightning network for spike coin. Right. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, so I actually, I actually was looking at one cryptocurrency in particular. I hate to call anybody out, but IOTA was one of them. And I, every, there was a kind of a, a fever or fervor behind that. And I got, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to look at this. Right. I started looking at it and like, there's like, I think there were like grammatical errors in the white <laughs> paper. It's like, he is good coin. The, yeah, you have to create. You have to generate your own seed just to get into your wallet to get to your coin. It's like the average person is never going to no, be able to use no, that, you know. Exactly. So it's like it, you have to make sure that the ones you're getting aren't just uh, you know word of mouth. Like, hey, get into Spike Coin or yeah, or Pack Coin, which I put two hundred bucks in and is now worth I think twelve cents or something. Yeah, that was that was a that was a fever one. Most of my of my uh, my crypto investments have been in things that I, I fleshed out fairly well. <laughs> Patcoin was one that someone uh, I was in a Facebook group and someone brought it up 
and they're like look at the trajectory on this thing and i looked and it was like it had gained you know eighty thousand percent in two weeks or some ridiculous thing and i'm like <laughs> yeah. pat coin and i didn't even look into it i didn't read anything about it if i had known that they were printing 600 trillion of them or what whatever stupid thing or what like i i i really i if i had done if i had spent set if i had spent as much time researching it as i've spent in this moment talking about how i should have researched it i would mm-hmm. not have invested and i put in like i don't know 150 bucks 200 bucks worth of of, uh, of uh, I think, Ethereum or whatever that I, I put in. And I, I signed up for a Cryptopia account so I could get it. And, like, literally as soon as I bought it, it just started dropping. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. This is a correction now. It's it's like 20 cents now. So if if you're out there, folks, um, I've got uh, I've got uh, 20 cents worth of Pat coin that I think is really going to take off soon. If, if anyone <laughs> wants it, I'll sell it for 30 cents. Um, That's another – I would advise people to stay away – just real quick. I would advise people to stay away from, like, lending platforms as well, like people promising you a return daily. They're like BitConnect. Like BitConnect, yeah. Promising, they were promising people a daily return. That, that's like 100% red flag scam. So just yeah, like, I, uh, don't, don't get into any anybody that's promising you a specific number. You know, I mentioned that you might get a percent a day out of Bitcoin, and it, it has happened. It has historically, not, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean – that you're going to get that in the next 10 years. That's just what history has said. These people that go out and promise you something, I mean, that's just like snake oil or whatever, you know? Well, it's a Ponzi scheme. It is the original yeah. Ponzi scheme. Give me money and I'll give you VIG on it, basically. I'll give you a percentage back on it. Mm-hmm. And that works so long as they continue to get more people giving them money. They can pay yeah. back the original investors. And so long as the coin is gaining in value, yeah, awesome. When Bitcoin was you know, doubling every couple of weeks. Yeah, they can keep doing that. As soon as it even flattens out or, or is only growing slowly, that whole thing falls apart. I saw that coming a mile away. I had a few people that BitConnect and then there was another one where you bought packets. And the more I read, I'm like, this works because it's gone up 500% this month. That's why they can do this. Like, this is not going to work in a flat market or even a steadily growing one. It's it's obviously a Ponzi scheme. And BitConnect was the one where they're like, oh, we have a special bot that you know is 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 trading you know at, at optimal rates and and there were some people on YouTube that were like show us the source like you know if, yeah, if there's yeah. a special bot you know we don't have to copy it you know show us a screen grab of it or whatever and they wouldn't I'm like yeah no I, there's not a the, not a the most out. ludicrous thing about that too was that like every you know I'm I'm on the computer a lot looking at this stuff and almost every YouTube video you would play before and after. If you don't have an ad blocker up and you actually see the videos, it was BitConnect. It was like, so don't just take uh, YouTube or anybody else, even if they're running, they're letting them run the ads on there. I mean, there could be another one coming up. You never know. So just make sure you, I would say stick, look, look at the top 10 of the market cap around there and then start learning more and more about maybe getting right. into like newer projects. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree. And, and I, um, I, uh, I'm invested in a few, you know, of the altcoins that are a little, a little further off the top ten or top twenty. But they were ones that I like actually spent some time looking into, um, as opposed to just, you know, my Pat Coin investment. So we won't, we won't replicate uh, Pat Coin in the future. Um, but um, uh, so yeah. So uh, one thing, another thing you talked about was uh, 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 actually I've talked about is I talk about the fact that it, you really can't hack the blockchain or at least not effectively. I think I read an article once that said if some foreign government wanted to use all their resources to, you know, hack Bitcoin, they would have to use, you know, they'd have to use, you know, several days worth of world energy output 
to be able to hack it enough to buy like a chaise lounge on uh, on Overstock or something like that. Like, I mean, it's just the amount of resources you would have to to put into hacking it would, by its very nature of how how blockchain works, um, it's 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 cost inefficient to ever do it. And when I try to explain that to people, they point out. You know, they'll say, oh, but what about when this exchange got hacked or what about when this guy's wallet got stolen? And, and mm-hmm. they give those examples. You know, if you can kind of explain to, to our viewers the difference between hacking my exchange or my account or, you know, my wallet and hacking the entire Bitcoin, you know, blockchain infrastructure and, and why that's not really possible. Yeah, the difference is is pretty simple to understand, uh, though, like. Hacking, hacking the Bitcoin blockchain, as you said, would take uh, an individual or a nation state's like all of their resources. Right, and then right. even if you were able to fool the network, that would only last for like a minute, a couple minutes maybe. Right. And then everyone would be like, all right, buddy, we know that you're not really like doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right, right, right. So, uh, but the di- but you can, you can, uh, there, there have been examples where people have lost their uh, cryptocurrency because they're... Uh, trusting a third-party entity right. and that's sort of like that's a very good thing to touch on because um the entire point of this is not to have not to rely on anyone else and no no other intermediaries or anybody right, else right. to take control of your money uh that you should be controlling it yourself so um not relying on someone to hold on to the onto the on your wallet on your uh, cryptocurrency wallet is uh is the big difference or leaving it on a, on an exchange that has a central point of attack. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and the, 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 the example I use is that you can hack my bank account or you can hack my, um, you know, you can hack my, you know, eBay account or whatever. If, if you're able to, you know, figure, do a, you know, a, an attack to actually to get access to my, to my account. But that's different from hacking the entire, you know, U.S financial system that's the, the the level of resources that would be used for that are, are completely different so um so yeah so it's and blockchain's even harder to, to hack than that uh this was something that interested me you had uh mentioned that uh there is a risk and this was something i didn't really think there was uh th- that was possible but you would mention that there's a risk that uh blockchain uh could end up being centralized by oligarchs you had said uh oligarchs and democratic majorities you had said that you know, there's really two paths for for blockchain and cryptocurrency. One is that it it continues to be this decentralized thing that that can't be controlled by any bad actors, and that you know it, it leads to this voluntary society. And that you know the other the other uh, alternative is that it ends up becoming centralized by you know oligarchs, democratic majorities, nation states, whatever. Um, I, I've had a hard time wrapping my head around that because how the you know the very nature of blockchain seems to me to kind of eliminate that risk. How you know how could blockchain be become centralized? Well, we're already starting to see like uh, particular governments that want in on blockchain every day. I uh, just this week, uh, one of the articles was South Korea, I believe it was. Uh, they're working to uh, use blockchain for telecommunications. They're going to try to do something with that over there. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, it's not that Bitcoin would become centralized for the for the for the democratic majority or uh, nation states to uh, use against use against us, excuse me. But um, more or less that if we don't make the right choice and stay in decentralized projects, that there could be that uh, chance or uh, you know opportunity for them to use it against us. It's some you know and and just create 
you know, uh, digital fiat, for example. Oh, okay, okay. So you're not saying that the entire blockchain can be... No. Okay, okay. You're saying they no. can basically use blockchain as a way to try to update their way of, of robbing us, pretty much. Precisely, and, and that's definitely going to happen. I think there's already groups in every country working on that. Oh, well, I mean, here's the thing. Paperless, we're almost at a paperless money society. Mm-hmm. I keep like, I don't know, 40 bucks on me in case, you know, a credit card doesn't work or, you know, I, I can't get to an ATM or whatever. But like, I can't tell you the last time I spent money. Like, I, I, it's it's literally, actually, that's not true. Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife and I went, we do Latin, like salsa dancing. And we went out to a place and it was easier to just give them five bucks for you know to pay to the for the soda or whatever than to you know get out a credit card but i mean for anything major i'm not using i'm either using you know credit cards or you know uh transact you know uh banking transactions i haven't really spent my crypto yet i'm kind of a scrooge uh, mcduck with my crypto i don't want to spend it i want to wait till it's worth billions of dollars but um but you know spending my uh, my money i'm doing it through credit cards i'm doing it through online transactions i might write a check you know for someone that doesn't take that stuff very rarely am i using cash so obviously i think governments are going to say hey get into dollar coin and you know we, we, you can pay your taxes with dollar coin and it's blockchain based and, and it'll be i guess one that that doesn't, you know, oh, we, you know, where they never actually fix the uh, number of, of coins that are created, which is kind of funny to me. Like you've already, you're creating a garbage coin right off the bat. But if it's something that you have to use, then, you know, then so, so I definitely see them getting into that. But in my mind at that point, haven't we won? Because if they, if, if they've, if they've conceded that the best way to you know that online currency is the way to go then a they can stop with all the crap about oh this is just for drug dealers and prostitutes on the silk road website or whatever and then also there's this garbage so it's like okay crypto is the best we've already acknowledged it and here's our coin which sucks so i mean at that point haven't we kind of won I sort of think that uh, we we did win because and nobody I don't I think they do know it finally that's why we're seeing all of these uh, all these committee hearings and stuff in DC and all over the world now you know it's every week it's like a new FUD story right which right, FUD right. FUD for the newcomer also just means fear uncertainty and doubt that's another like big crypto term yeah, here FUD and FOMO yeah yeah yeah. 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 FOMO, fear of missing out. Right. So, but the FUD, the FUD, uh, it, it, they they tried the FUD and the FUD didn't work. And uh, it's like if you can't beat them, if, you know, try to steal their idea. So right. They, exactly. Guess, yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So that that will be interesting to watch because I, in my mind, this isn't going away. It's going to become like like you said. It, it starts with money, but there's so many applications that it's going to be involved in including literally applications, uh, you know, apps for, 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 you know, devices. And because of that, there's only so much they can do. Like you said, they can only create so much fear around it before, you know, I, I guess, and, and maybe this is, you know, I was not a very young kid, but I was, I was young when the internet was first coming out. And I, I, maybe there were people out there going, oh, the internet's just for hookers and drug dealers. You know, maybe it was the same thing. Uh, but that very quickly caught on. I mean, it's, you know, I, I bought all this equipment we're looking at on, on Amazon on prime day, like, you know, one store after the next is crumbling because 
because they can't compete with you know internet based you know internet based websites and and so you know blockchain in my mind you've got something even more dynamic than the internet in blockchain that's competing against something even more undynamic and more you know thieving and more inefficient and more diminishing in value than Toys R Us, which is the US government or the Chinese government or whatever. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us at least gave you value and, and when it couldn't anymore it it you know it folded. Whereas the governments are essentially just robbing you until until they can rob you some more. And and if that doesn't work, they'll just print out more of the money they force you to use. Uh, you know, which makes the what they didn't rob you of go down in value. You know, in my mind, you're taking one of the most inefficient scam scammy things on earth and pitting it up against the most dynamic thing to come out of technology right now. I, I think it's impossible for 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 that not to win, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, right now we know, you know, since Roosevelt took us off the gold standard or uh, confiscated, he, first they confiscated a lot of the gold. Right, it was like right, thirty dollars, right. I believe, when Roosevelt took us or uh, confiscated the gold in 1933, it was like um, $30 an ounce. Right. And now, you know, it's 1300 or 12 something, whatever. Right, right. And, and, um, and, then, and then Nixon took us off the gold standard in like 1973 or something like that. Right. So, um, you know, you can just see over time, it's like they chip away, right. chip away, chip away. And eventually uh, it, it's just going to unravel completely. And I think we're really close to that maybe so. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of millennials specifically, I also yeah. touch on that in the book, are really interested in an alternative because we have, as you said, grew up with the internet. Right. A lot of us that were on the internet pretty much, uh, you know, I think I first got on the internet at like 11 years old maybe or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. And I think my, I actually found my first web page I designed. It was an X page in 2001. Right. And uh, so, I mean – Paul Krugman and I think it was him who said that it's a fax you know, the inter- yeah, yeah. yeah the internet is a fax machine so um, yeah. it, it, the people who are still saying that Bitcoin is just used for nefarious uh, things and uh, uh, illegal illicit activities are just like you're living in the past, you know, you're, you're, you sound like Paul Krugman to the people who really know what's going on. Well that's the thing and I, I love that Krugman quote because it wasn't even that long ago. He said that in like Oh, two or something like, I mean, the internet was, I mean, it wasn't like, I could see someone saying that in 94 and there, but he said that like well into, I want to say it was either late nineties or early two thousands. Like, buddy at this, like, I mean, he was at a point, (laughs) the internet was very, there was almost full saturation of internet usage and we were approaching full saturation of, of broadband usage. And this schmuck's talking about, oh, it's going to end up being no more useful than the fax machine. I'm like, it's already more useful than the fax machine. Like, again, if, if, if that had been a quote from 1992, I'd roll my eyes. That was a quote. Yeah. From, that would be like someone in 2026. I think it was 2002. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like way past when any person could legitimately claim these. <laughs> like, I mean, it was like, it was, it was absurd. Like, it was e-commerce was already, you know, uh, the biggest single sector in the economy or something like that. And he's like, yeah, it's a fax machine. It would be in my mind, it's like 20, let's say it's 2030 and someone's going, yeah, yeah, cryptocurrency is going away. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be yeah, like, that, uh, like, you know, pogs or something. And that's where people get their news. They're getting in their news from yes. the Paul Krugman of the world. Like, right, right, I think right. he still has a, a, I don't read the New York Times. I never, I'll probably never pick it up again. But those are the kind of people that are like writing for the New York Times. Like, right. 
how does that, I mean, that was, you know, 16 years ago or whatever now, how does that guy even have a job? Right. Well, that, and that's what? the thing, like, cause that's, I mean, everyone gets something wrong. That's a big yeah. one. That's a big one to yeah. get wrong. And you know, to, I, I have to find out after this episode when it was, but it was, it was I think way, you're right. It was like 2002, was, I think yeah. way after when anyone could, even if it was mid to late nineties, you're way past, you know, saying yeah. the internet doesn't matter anymore. And yet he's still referred to as, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning respected economist, <laughs> Paul Krugman. And I'd be like, I would introduce him as the guy that said that the internet was going to be no better than the fax machine. Well, after anyone could have reasonably said that even in the worst of the, the, the dot-com bubble bursting, it would be like if after the real estate burst, people said, no one's going to live in houses anymore. Houses suck. No one likes houses. Houses are going to go the way of the cave and we're all going to live outside or what like it's it's just it's, insane it's to me. pretty obvious who he's shilling for you know oh, i mean he's got he's definitely got a a base of uh supporters he's looking out for oh of course well and also his portfolio i'm sure he's not well yeah. he wasn't he wasn't well uh or he had invested in the internet and was mad that, it, that you know amazon had folded in 98 or whatever <laughs> that their yeah. currents that their their stock went down and he was he was upset about that um, so that, that's funny to me. Um, I have, uh, I have, uh, one more question for you and then you obviously feel free to say whatever you want after that. Um, so, you know, we've touched on when we think you're, you don't have an exact date of when, you know, to the moon is happening, but you, you definitely think it is going to happen. And I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, and whether it happens this year, next year, 10 years from now, five years from now, whatever, it's definitely happening. Um, you know, we we our 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 audio got cut off a little with bitcoins when we were talking about mm-hmm. bitcoin and its problems so maybe uh maybe you touched on this but what do you think is going to be what coin or coins do you think are going to be those leading coins that will you know dominate the 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 cryptocurrency world at least in the near future when to the moon happens do you think it's going to be Bitcoin or Litecoin or, or an altcoin that doesn't even exist yet? Or do you think it's going to be kind of a bourse of the top 10 or, you know, what do you think is going to happen there? Well, when Bitcoin reached its dominance last year, the all time highs was around $20,000. Right. Uh, uh, BTC Bitcoin dominance was around like uh, 35, 33%, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And it leads the market. So right now it's around 47%. It's climbing, oh, wow. gradually climbing back up. So that's another indicator to me. That, this, that we are about to see another, we could possibly be seeing the beginnings of another bull run. This is not financial advice. Uh, but <laughs> Always talk think, to your financial yeah, advisor yeah. before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, but uh, I don't want to be responsible for anyone like mor- taking out a mortgage on their house or anything yes. like that. But um, I do think that's a good indicator that we are heading back up. So okay. the other, since, since Bitcoin has the strongest network, um, as far as uh, you know, it's been around nine years. It's it's been tested. It's basically foolproof or whatever. Right. I think that it will be the leader uh, in the near future. It, it just seems like it's going to be the one. Uh, also, Ethereum and Litecoin. I'm pretty big on Litecoin. I think Litecoin working with Bitcoin uh, on the Lightning Network uh, is going to be huge. Um, I think it'll end up being maybe the payment coin. Like if you're going to go get a, uh, their 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 uh, creators, Charlie Lee. And uh, it came. It was the second cryptocurrency, basically, that it that came into existence. And it came into existence, I think, in like 2010 or 11. And I've been a pretty big proponent proponent of it since uh, its inception. So I, I, I've seen it too, and it, it seems to be Charlie Lee has a pretty good um, uh, reputation in the community. And I, I think it'll end up being like the one where you go get a cup of coffee, or you go out to eat, and you end up using, or you maybe you even get a 
you know, gas at the gas station or something like that. Right. It'll be the one that you use for uh, like smaller transactions. And maybe if you're going to buy your Lamborghini or your uh, yacht, you're going to go buy Bitcoin maybe. But uh, Ethereum, Ethereum's another one that's interesting. Now, Ethereum doesn't have a fixed supply. Um, See, I didn't know that. I didn't. Know yeah. That. So, but their their creator is now saying that I had a little uh, little spat with him on Twitter once about a few things. But Vitalik Buterin, uh, he's he's saying now he's he's not completely against the idea of um, of them uh, actually capping their their supply. Yeah. So there could be a, there could be a cap, which I think. Uh, you know, maybe he's somebody slipped him a few Austrian economics books or something over the last few years. He's been, he's been, uh, he had a, he had a, a, a spring Rothbard reading and now he's, he's, yeah. Coming, yeah. he's pretty young. Uh, a couple other ones I'm interested in and I think could end up being bigger. Neo, Neo has been dubbed like the Chinese Ethereum. So mm. watch out for Neo. There's a lot of Asians that are interested in cryptocurrency as well. And um, uh, Steam, I'm really interested in Steam and, and the Steam blockchain is like, a very interesting thing to me because uh, I'm already seeing people post on Steemit, which runs on the Steam blockchain, and uh, there's people all over the world um, feeding their families already on Steam, uh, the Steemit uh, website that right. runs on the Steam blockchain. So I think that, and that was really the goal in the beginning of all of this. Like everybody wants to get rich, every you know, but it's it's we want to see people uh, you know have a, have the quality of life. Uh, you know, a good quality of life. And this is, uh, you know, that's a great example right there. Yeah, I love I, I, I love how, and this is human nature, right? Like this is, I mean, any, any fun, Hayek von Mises, any, anyone will touch on this. And I, and I even, I, I will give him credit, even Marx touches on this uh, a little bit in Dust Capital. Mm-hmm. But we went so quickly from, you know, we just want a way to sustain ourselves and, 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 and have a good quality of life to I'm buying Lamborghinis like it happened. Yeah. It like literally it was it's just funny to me because when Bitcoin went up to, you know, twenty dollars a coin, eighty dollars a coin, a hundred dollars a coin, people are like, Yeah, this is gonna be real and we can you know, we can uh, you know, fight uh fight the uh you know, the oligarchy and fight the the corporatist uh, you know, fascist system that, you know, of of in you know, the central bankers and then it was like so quickly it was like yeah, I'm getting a you know a, a you know an Aston Martin. I'm getting a Lamborghini. It was like man, that that switch got pulled real quick. But the thing is, I mean, ultimately the profit motive is what drives it, right? But it was just funny how yeah. like how quickly the uh, altruistic pretense behind some of it was like we're all gonna be rich. Like it was just. I, but again, and I'm I'm a huge fan. I am both an anarcho-capitalist and a Jew, so I am. Greed is good. I am very yeah. much. Gordon Gecko with greed is good, or at least mm-hmm. the the profit motive is good. I, I, greed being that you want to harm others to to get money is not good. Wanting to make money is good, but I always just I just find it hilarious that it, we went very quickly from like like we're gonna this is gonna change things for the better. We're gonna create a voluntary society to like yeah, bitch, I can get a Lambo now. Like it's <laughs> it's funny. That's that's a good point that you made there because we're all greedy. You know, everyone is greedy. The idea like this Bernie Sanders, like these kids that are like 18 now, I don't know what the hell people are teaching these kids because, you know, everybody is greedy. Uh, everybody wants, you know, to do better for themselves. Right. And this idea that we just need to tax the rich, like they're just like rolling around in cash at night and they're not putting their capital into like new great things that we're all going to use. is like, like these people that are just like talking about how bad capitalism is and they're, 
they're on their smartphone. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? You know, like why, why do you cat, think? Somebody... Why do you think yeah. someone even made it? Like, yeah. because they'll say, you know, because again, the the and I, I debate for some reason I debate weight. I, I should probably, my friend Eric July has said I'm much more productive now that I don't argue with leftists. And I haven't reached that point yet. Cause I, I have, I have probably, maybe I have too much free time, but I, I have found that in debating with the, the left, some of them make, you know, they'll make a good point. So I'll say, you know, like you just said, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're, you know, you want to resist capitalism from your iPhone and they'll say, well, that's the system that we're under, which first of all, we're not, we're in a corporatist system, not, not truly a capitalist one, but mm-hmm. there are elements of capitalism that are allowed just enough for us to be robbed to, to pay for corporatism. But, um, but, but anyway, you know, they'll say, well, that's the system we're under. So, you know, I, I can't, I can't escape it. It's like saying that you're against the government, but still using roads. Okay. That's, that's a good point. But why, okay. There are communist societies out there. Why are we uh, not using? Why I'll are we not using their stuff all day, Spike? I'll counter that argument all day. Road, there is only one. There's only one way to take take your trip to the grocery store. You know exactly. They, 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 they have a monopoly on the roads. Exactly. They you don't have. That's this is the major difference between uh, the state and cat and, and versus capitalism. Capitalism, you are nobody forced you to get that cell phone. Exactly. You have you have if well not infinite but you have hundreds of choices for cell phones to get, you know, yep. go and try to find one that, you, you know, doesn't employ the division of labor. <laughs> like exactly. you're not going to find, you're never going to find one. You would never find, you could spend the rest of your life just building the cell phone yourself, you know, like, Oh, that's it, the, the, just, whole, the whole, yeah. I, we, we had one of my guests, uh, Paul Gordon is a, he, he's not a, a anarcho-capitalist, but he's definitely in favor of a, a voluntary exchange system. He doesn't, he just doesn't like using that term for a myriad of reasons, not the least of which is that capitalism was actually coined by communists. So we're sort of using their term to describe ourselves or whatever. But anyway, uh, he was talking about the breakdown of, you know, why they believe rent is theft and property is theft. And, and pretty much it boiled down to, okay, if you're a strawberry farmer and, uh, and I know a bunch of people a thousand miles away that want those strawberries and I buy those strawberries from you and go there and sell them. I'm a thief because I made a profit on that. You know, unless I, I guess give you all of the money that I didn't use to live, you know, to, to meet my most basic needs, which who, who decides what that is. But you know, if I keep any profit for myself, then I've, I've stolen your labor and uh yeah i've stolen your labor and i've also stolen the the hard working money I've, I've stolen the labor through trade uh of the people that i sold it to and i'm like okay that's an awesome theory how are they going to get those strawberries like you're busy farming like you know what i mean it was it was just exactly i'm like how does this system even like okay great you've made you, you've you've created this you know uh uh, uh narrative and we can debate the narrative all day let's talk brass tacks how does that even work Right? Like, Can you imagine how boring the world would oh be my too, gosh. if we were all, you know, I'm, a lot of people, you could be for every, you know, uh, equal opportunity, but right. equal outcome, people that are calling for equal outcome, those that's another red flag to me. Like, you know, these are like the laziest people. They just want to, you know, they, they blame, you know, capitalists or voluntarists. Right. They, they don't really know much about voluntarism, I don't think, but no, um, no, no. they've been just conditioned to believe that profit is bad profit became like an, an ugly term they believe you know the robber barons and all this stuff i mean yeah. those people gave us what we have today without those people we wouldn't 
be able to be communicating, you know? So, right. I mean, using, uh, uh, Amazon, uh, you know, I saw this ridiculous and I think it was, I want to say it was even Bernie Sanders that if there's a Senator that's going to share like the worst leftist memes, it's, it's Bernie Sanders. Like the left can't meme, but Bernie will share them. And, and he shared something about how, um, how Jeff Bezos is worth $150 billion or whatever it is, which means he could flint, he could fix the water I saw and, that. and yeah. flint however many million times over, however many hundreds of thousands of times over. Okay, first of all, hey, thanks for bringing up an example of government incompetence that continues to this day, despite everyone knowing that it's going on because there there is no free market. There, there actually is a free market water alternative in Flint, which is people bringing bottled water, which is not efficient at all. But uh, it's it's better than drinking lead tainted water that you're forced to pay for by your by the the Flint utility company if you live there. Putting that aside, Jeff Bezos doesn't have 150 billion dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere. You know, it's not like the Scrooge. Maybe that. Maybe I, I love Scrooge McDuck, but I'm also. I'm Jewish and I like the idea of swimming through coins. Maybe it was DuckTales that, that has a <laughs> yeah, whole generation. man. I think he had, I, but maybe that yeah. has a whole generation of millennials thinking rich people have these giant vaults that they swim in their money or something um, because they're like, he's worth $150 billion. How much of that is cash? I doubt much. Uh, Percentage-wise, exactly. like maybe he's got, I, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's more than I got, but it's percentage-wise, probably less than a percent of that is actually like, sitting somewhere in an account it's all tied up in in investments that could go south at any time and 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 you know all of that is just he is bearing so much risk on himself and his investors in order to for the promise of a profit to create you know i got all this equipment two days after i ordered it where's the government do yeah like i mean the government will give me a potato a month after i starved to death why you know why would i yeah, you know it's 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 amazing to me, but I maybe it was Ducktales. I now think these it was people—they truly are the great benefactors. Like I was trying to, you know, yeah. talk about with uh, in the book. Uh, you know, I think that blockchain is going to create a new wave of these um, uh, robber barons. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> what they would call robber barons, you know, these these really which are benefactors to humanity. You know, people are going to have a better. Uh, you know, a better life because uh, a better quality of life because of, of these people who see, um, see can, can see in advance, you know, they put together land, labor and capital. Right. Exactly. And they create, they create what we need. Right. You know? They create value. They're, yeah. they're visionaries. Yeah. So, um, and what does the state do? You know, they force you at gunpoint to accept what the, these bad, these bad products are bad goods. Um, that people wouldn't accept if, if it was in a free market. Right. I like the idea of repurposing the term robber barons for us. Yeah. To, like sort of how we've taken the term. We capitalism. That. I, I, <laughs> this is going to be our thing. Like I'm like, yeah. I am an aspiring robber baron, but let me explain what that means. You know, it's sort of like uh, when I started this podcast, uh, I was advised to, uh, that's okay. My dog will be in here barking soon. Uh, I was advised to, um, to, uh, uh, to avoid saying, you know, anarchism and things like that. And I was like, no, I'm going to say it just to shock people uh, so that it starts a conversation, sort of the, the Trump school of marketing. I uh, I think that I'm now going to add Robert Barron to my, my, my portfolio. I'm an aspiring Robert Barron. We, and, should, uh, we should both do that. That's, I, I, like I like that. that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, since it seems aspiring like. Robert Barron. Exactly. So, <laughs> be, be, before we go, since we had lost the connection before. And and it looks like our connection's good now. I want to kind of revisit the the question that I had asked about um about uh, uh 
Bitcoin, which I now can't find. Oh, yeah, there it is. Um, and, and if our connection goes bad now, then clearly this is a central banking conspiracy that this question doesn't get answered. And we'll have to, like, you know, put it out in, in paragraph form or whatever. But, um, you know, Bitcoin transactions, at, at, especially at their peak, went at peak value became very slow and costly, especially when compared to the other altcoins. I remember at one point I was trading Bitcoin for another another coin so that I could buy an altcoin. I think I was trading it for Ethereum or something so I could use it to buy an altcoin on one of the exchanges. And it took forever. It took like an hour and a half and it cost like like two or three percent of the the the, the transaction. Like it was just it was it was very costly compared and, and very slow compared to the other altcoins. That's been a concern in the crypto community that Bitcoin, uh, you know, because it's, I guess, older technology or whatever, that it's 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 as it's being used more and more, it's becoming kind of slower and and and, and more costly. Uh, I, I know there's this thing called Lightning Network, which I can't I can't really explain very well. Maybe you can, but it looks like they might be trying to work on this. But in the long run, do you see Bitcoin fixing this problem and staying, you know, ahead of the curve on this stuff, or or do you think it's going to end up being an example of sort of like how the, with the internet there was Prodigy and then America Online, where they were great innovators that you know that dominated the market at one point, but they couldn't keep up with the times and and you know went obsolete. Do you think that's going to happen to Bitcoin? I'm hoping that Bitcoin figures it out. It seems like they're working on the scaling issue. Um, that's all determined on block size and stuff. Right. Uh, a little bit more technical talk. Maybe we'll get into that next time. But I think I do think that uh, I do think that Bitcoin will figure it out. They have, I mean, they have a smart group of people around there. But that is that's Roger Veer's uh, argument with Bitcoin Cash that uh, they they didn't do uh, they didn't do a good enough job in advance with the scaling to use like you said the fees rose. And, and it, it became kind of the network became kind of bogged down. So really, with Litecoin, I think they'll figure. It. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. So, um, yeah. so tell me. Uh, so your book, um, uh, Blockchain Project Renaissance. Uh, tell me. Tell our, our viewers how they can how they can get a hold of that because it's an amazing book. It's only point uh, two Litecoin, which is I think like uh, I think it was like eighteen dollars US or whatever. Um, yeah, right it's, now. yeah, it's a it's a great book. Um, I really encourage uh, anyone uh, listening to or watching this uh, to uh, to to go out and get it. How how what's the best way to to, to get that? I'm working with a couple websites right now. They'll get a cut of that. So the best way right now is just to get a hold of me at uh, Pittsburgh P I T T S B U R G H and then Hodler H O D L R uh, at Gmail dot com. Or you can get a hold of me uh, on my Twitter at rbryer23, R-B-R-Y-E-R-2-3. And then I'm also, uh, I mentioned Steam and, and the Steamit, uh, uh, Steamit.com and the Steam blockchain earlier. Uh, that's a great place to get a hold of me. I love that uh, forum and uh, website. Uh, it, I'm on there at, at Pittsburgh Hodler. Same thing as the uh, email. So okay, cool, cool. Just from, yeah, just H-O-D-L-R is the after Pittsburgh. So I just want to emphasize for, that for the, I want for to the hodlers it. yeah yeah that's another that's another uh you know bitcoin uh, blockchain sort of nerd thing <laughs> yeah cool yeah no and that's that's that was uh, yeah we didn't touch on that the hodling is uh i guess at one point holding on for... it's it's holding on to the coin someone had said you know yeah. we need to hold and they they wrote it as hodl so now everyone it, it spells it that way so it's, yeah. it's a very a very lingo heavy community so it is I, I wonder how much that has scared uh, some people the way they look at it. They're like, I don't want to hodl to the moon, and I don't even know what that means. 
Um, there could be, you know, a few sentences where you don't understand anything that people are saying. That's the thing. It's like a foreign language or something. Which is where your book, and again, this will, I guess, I, 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 I hopefully will have plugged your book sufficiently on this because th- this is where your book is very helpful because when I was reading it, I'm like, man, if I had read this when I was trying to figure this out, I would have been so much more intelligent to talk about this, you know, however many years ago than, than, than I, it took me, it took me a good year of Googling stuff to, before I could, you know, go into a, uh, you know, go into a forum and ask a question without sounding like an idiot. So, uh, so definitely, you know, if, if anyone is interested in blockchain, uh, even if you're not, you know what, if you're not interested in blockchain, I challenge you to buy this book so that you will become <laughs> interested in blockchain. So you, if, there's if, a lot of good economic stuff in there too. Great, I like, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So I, I, if you are a human being who is breathing and, and listening to this or, or, uh, uh, or watching it, uh, really, any, if you are accessing this in any form, get this book, uh, Blockchain Project Renaissance. Um, R.L. Breyer, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me and, uh, and coming on my show. And uh, we hope to have you on again very soon. Spike, it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed this. We definitely have to do this again. Absolutely. Stick around. I'm going to talk to you in a little bit. All right, thanks. Guys, I'm so happy uh, that you joined me today. We had some technical difficulties uh, that are going to get edited out in the, uh, in the, um, the uploaded version. Uh, but if you, if you stuck around uh, through the long haul on this live stream, I salute you and, uh, and I thank you for it. And um, I, uh, hopefully my back will be in order uh, by, the next, uh, by the next show. And, uh, and I look forward to uh, my back uh, being okay. I didn't wince at all. Actually, I did wince once and it did have to do with my guests. So that was a promise broken to you. So I promise, I apologize for that. But I uh, thank you again uh, for joining uh, me, Spike Cohen, on My Fellow Americans. Uh, I can't wait to see you again next week and I look forward to it. You guys have a great week and uh, and thank you again for joining me. Rest in praises is a 
supposed to rest in peace at the least that's just me being me convoluted as can be in my future i can view it so vivid and beautifully the distances i will leap from the man that i used to be but now summer doesn't exist anymore best case scenario i get to finish the tour then chill with august in august before i march and march again day quill in april i know how cold this art can get my head hurt and i must have a lot on my mind when i got time on my hands they put hands on my time Caught up in the first 